Recording now Chazorot Daf Lamedhei from Masechet Shabbos. We're holding now actually about halfway down Lamedhei Omed Aleph. And the two dots there, Rabbi Nechemia Omer, Rabbi Nechemia says, "Kedeshi Yahalich Adam Meshetishka Hachama Chatzimil." Bein Hashmoshes is from the time of Shkiyah, from when the sun sets. It's the time it takes a person to walk half a mil from sunset until half a mil later, which is if you take the eighteen-minute mil, it's nine minutes later. On Yom Nashovim, that means on the, on a day when day and night are equal in Eretz Yisrael, it would be about nine minutes. Omer Rabbi Chanina says Rabbi Chanina, somebody who wants to know the the sheer and time of Rabbi Nechemia, he should leave the sun. That means when he's on the top of, of Mount Carmel, he's on the top of Mount Carmel, and it seems most Mefarshim understand that means to say that he can see the sun. He can see the sun over the horizon. Obviously, somebody, it could be somebody start standing on the ground cannot see the sun anymore. But he can because he's got a higher vantage point because he's higher up. He's at a higher altitude. So you should leave the sun when the sun is about to set from Harakama's pointer, from, from Harakama's vantage point. The Yerit, he should go down. But quickly, the, the Rishami's Mavoy should go down quickly. Yitzvah Bayam, and he should tovel himself in the sea. Right over there, the foot there, and then he should come up. That is the shear of Rabbi Nechemia. Now, that's the way Rashi understands it. The way we just explained it is the, is the way Rashi understands it. So Tosus asked, I don't understand. Tosus obviously understood that Yale means when he comes up out of the water, it'll already be night. So you would have gone, well, that, that means he went, came out of the water when it was already basically night. Definitely during Ben Moshes. If it's already, if it's night when he comes out, of the water, then it must have been maximum Ben Ashmoshos when he was when he completed his Tevila. If anything, it could already be night. So why would we talk about Tevila? Obviously, we're trying to talk about Tevila where you've got Tevila and Her of Shemesh. So in the Kerfless, Tosis wants to say, he wants to explain what the Gemara means to say. Somebody who wants to know when Shkia, when Ben Ashmoshos starts for Rabbi Nechemia, what he should do is when he can still see the sun, he should run down, quickly go to Mikkim, and when he comes out, that's the point when Shkia will start, that's when Ben Ashmoshes will start, and then he'll have, he'll have hair of Jamesh. That's the, the way Tosfus explains it. Ah, you may ask, says Tosfus, but if that's the case, and Taka the Rashbol asked this question as well, that if that's the case, why do you say somebody wants to know ben, when Ben Ashmoshes of Rabbi Nechemia starts? It's also the Ben Ashmoshes according to Rabbi Yehuda, i.e. When it, when it comes Shkia. Says Tosfus, actually, no. Because, when it comes to Rabbi Yehuda, it's subject to Machlokes, Rabbi and Rabbi Yosef, when Shkia starts. So Machlokes, sorry, when Ben Ashmoshe starts. According to Rabbi, 100%. Even Rabbi Yehuda agrees, Ben Ashmoshe starts at sunset. But according to Rabbi Yosef, it starts a twelfth of a mil later, one and a half minutes later. And therefore, that's why we don't want to talk about the Ben Ashmoshes of Rabbi Yehuda. We talk about the Ben Ashmoshes of Rabbi Yosef. Of, of, uh, of Rabbi Nehemiah, which definitely starts at, at uh, sunset. So therefore we say, when a person, when a person comes down, Tobles comes out of the water, by that time it will be sunset, now Ben Ashmosha starts according to Rabbi Nehemiah. However, the Rashba, the Rashba comes and answers, uh, he doesn't actually say it for Rashi, but Lamaisi, this definitely seems to be Peshat and Rashi, and this is what's wanted to our is saying in Rashi, is that Rashi means to say like this, Viyala doesn't mean he should come out of the water, the Yale means he should go back up the mountain. So therefore, what it means to say is, when he sees the sun setting from Harakamel, he should quickly run down, Tobel, 
which means he'll tovel before Ben Ashmosh starts, and by the time he goes back up the mountain, he'll be the end of Ben Ashmosh. That would have encompassed the, the whole period from uh, the beginning of Ben Ashmosh to the end of Ben Ashmosh will be incorporated in the time that he comes out of the mikvah and goes up the mountain. That will be the Ben Ashmosh of Rabbi Nechemia. So now we understand, according to that, why it picks on the Ben Ashmosh of Rabbi Nechemia. By the way, if you go back to the Shir, we suggested, based on this explanation, this idea of Har Karmel, we suggested a Peshat in the whole Gemara, the, the logistics of it, whether it actually works, whether it doesn't, whether it doesn't, I'm not absolutely, absolutely sure. But in short, what we, wanted it, what we wanted to suggest is that we're talking about somebody standing on the top of Har Karmel. And we've got somebody on top of Har Karmel, and we're talking about somebody standing on the ground. And the point of shkia that we're talking about, when we start the, let's say, the nine minutes or the 13 and a half minutes, whatever it may be, depending on whether you're talking according to Rabbi Yehud or Rabbi Nehemiah, that is from the point of, in time when the person standing on the top of Har Karmel, he looks over to the west, and he can still see, he can still see that red streak. That's Panei Mizrach. It means Panei Mizrach Ma'adimin means for the person standing on the top of the mountain. For the person standing on the ground, which Lamaiso, obviously, Lahalok, we obviously want to know when it's night. We're not interested for somebody standing on the top of the mountain. But in terms of working out when night kicks in, when Ben Ashmoshes kicks in, when it becomes night, obviously, that is for the person standing on the ground. So therefore, if you want to know the time, the time period for Ben Ashmoshes, you'd have to have somebody standing on the top of, of, uh, of Harakamel. That's called the Elyon. The Elyon. The Tachtun, when the Gemara talks about Mishayaksev, Atach, Mishayaksev, or Elyon, all that, the Tachtun is the guy standing on the ground, and the Elyon we wanted to suggest is the person standing on the top of Harakarba. So what we're saying is, when the person looks over to the, to the west, that's the person standing on Harakarba. Um, at that point, when he sees, when, he, when the sun disappears, right, the sun disappears, um, at that point, basically you get the sun disappearing, down on the ground, it's already gone. Then it goes then it goes dark, because obviously the sun has long disappeared at that point. But the Elyon, for the person standing on the top of Harakamad, he can still see some light. For him, he can still see some light. Okay, so therefore we talk about, I think in fact, possibly even suggested the guy standing on the ground, he looks over to the west, the sun has completely disappeared. When the sun completely disappears, when I say the sun, I mean the red streak has completely disappeared, from east to west, now it's Hirtsevatakhtim. At that point, for the guy standing on the top of Harakarmel, if he looks over to the west, he can still see the sun, or at least he can still see the red streak. So it's not Hirsef Elyon yet. So at that point, if he were to run down, etc., that's the point at the beginning of Ben Ashmoshes. And from then to the point when the red streak disappears for the guy standing on the top of Harakarmel and it goes dark, would be 13 and a half minutes, 9 minutes, whatever shear we take. And that's the kitzo, the way we want to explain it, which would possibly explain according to the Rabbi Yotam, that's the second shkiel we talk about. The second shkiel means for the person standing on Harakamel, not the person standing on the ground. The first shkiel would be for the person standing on the ground. The second shkiel would be some 58 and a half minutes later, that's when the sun disappears for the person standing all the way up on the top of the mountain. When he's looking over the horizon, the sun will disappear for him, which will be that bit, um, that bit later. Um, something, something along those lines, that's what we wanted to suggest. Continuing on in the Gemara now. Omer Rebichia, says Rebichia, Haroit Zeliris Be'er HaShem Miriam. Somebody wants to see the Be'er of Miriam, the well of Miriam. Ya'alil Rosh HaKarmel, you should go to the top of HaKarmel. Be'yitzpeh, and you should look out, Be'yirakim in Kavara Bayom, and you should look into the sea, and you'll see like a sieve moving around in the sea. Ve'zui Be'er HaShem Miriam, this is the Be'er of Miriam. 
Omar Rav, says Rav, Mayom Amital Tel You should know that if you ever see a Mayom, a, a spring which actually moves around in the water, it's Tahar, you can be Matar, it's, it's, it's called the Din of a Mayom. Now, mind there is only one such uh, Mayom, a Mayom Amitaltel, and that is the Be'er of Miriam. The Be'er of Miriam moves around, and it's got the din of a Mayom, it's Garashi says it's got even the din of Be'er Mayim Chayim, and it would, um, it would uh, a person could be Matayim Zov, Zov could be Matayim himself in such waters. Omar Rav Yehuda Omar Shmuel. Next statement to Rav Yehuda B'Shem Shmuel. Which we said was, according to Rabba, is from um, from um, sunset from Shkia until, let's say, some 13 and a half minutes later. The Kernim are allowed to Tobin in it. So the Gemara says, according to who? If you say according to Rabbi Yehuda, in other words, Rabbi Yehuda allows Kernim to Tobin during his Bein Ashmoshes, what do you mean? Svekul, by definition, Bein Hashemoshes means it's a Sophic Yom, Sophic Lila. In which case, of course, you can't table them because it's a Sophic Lila. Ella, you'll need the hair of Shemesh. Ella, Bein Hashemoshes, the Rabbi Yehuda, the Rabbi Yehsi, Kernim Tegnimbo. What it means to say is that the Bein Hashemoshes of Rabbi Yehuda, that 13 and a half minutes, according to Rabbi Yehsi, Bein Hashemoshes hasn't even started during those 13 and a half minutes. And therefore, Kernim can still table in it as long as they finish before the end of that 13 and a half minutes. So the Gemara says, well, Pshita, that's obvious, isn't it? So the Gemara says, no. You may have said, that the Bein HaShemoshes of Rabbi Yehudah, which we know is Keref Ayin, takes place some point during the Bein HaShemoshes of Rabbi Yehudah. And therefore you can't table during, at least you can't table the whole way through the Bein HaShemoshes of Rabbi Yehudah, because at some point during that, it's Bein HaShemoshes according to Rabbi Yehudah. Therefore the Tevila wouldn't work. So Kamash Malon, that's why we're coming to tell you, it's coming to teach us, the Shalim Bein HaShemoshes to Rabbi Yehuda, that the way it goes is that the Bein HaShemoshes of Rabbi Yehuda completes, the whole 13 and a half minutes is completely the Bein HaShemoshes of Rabbi Yehuda. According to Rabbi Yehuda, it's completely day. The other Maschil Bein HaShemoshes to Rabbi Yehuda. And only thereafter starts the Bein HaShemoshes of Rabbi Yehuda. Only after the completion of the 13 and a half minutes. That's the Chiddush. The halacha follows Rabbi Yehuda with regard to Shabbos. The halacha is like Rabbi Yosi when it comes to Truma. So clearly he's got a sophic whether the halacha is like Rabbi Yehuda or Rabbi Yosi. So therefore we have to go to Chumrah in both. We always go to Chumrah. So the Gemara says, Bishlam halacha Rabbi Yehuda in Shabbos. I can understand what it means that the halacha is like Rabbi Yehuda when it comes to Shabbos. That is Chumrah. That is L'Chumrah, because it's saying that uh, the minute it hits Shkia, on Erev Shabbos, you have to treat it as Bein Hashemoshes already, and you can do no Malacha, even though according to Rabbi Yehuda, it's completely day. But we have to go to Chumrah and treat it as definite Bein Hashemoshes. It's got to be Bein Hashemoshes from that point onwards. But what do you mean that when it comes to Truma, we pass in Erev Yehuda? For what? If it means to say that we pass in like Rabbi Yehuda with regard to Tevila, i.e. that you can still table, the Kernan can still table until it reaches the Bein Hashemoshes of Rabbi Yehuda, i.e. you can treat the Bein Hashemoshes of Rabbi Yehuda as being um, definitely day. Why? Sveikoi, but clearly he, we, the fact that Rabbi Yehuda doesn't know how to pass in, he's passing like one for one thing, one, like the other for the other thing, clearly it's a sophic. We don't know who to pass in like. 
and um, or should perhaps I should explain that speaker he means sorry that the the Ben Ashmoshes of Rabbi Yehuda is is a is a sophic, That's a better way of explaining it. It's a sophic day, sophic night, because we know that according to, since for Shabbos we say you can't do melacha during that time of the Ben Ashmoshes of Rabbi Yehuda. So therefore, the Chumrah at least. You have to treat it as Sophic year and Sophic Lila. So how can you go to Mikvah during that time? And even if you want to tell me, I'll just add one Nakuda we, we mentioned. Even if you want to say, yeah, but nowadays, Truma, or let's say we're talking about Truma, which is, which is Drabona. And therefore we can say Sophic Drabona Nakuda. That won't help you either. Because, because the way, the way, the way we, we suggested it is like this. Because Enoch and the Chiyot to take Truma is only Drabona. But once you separate the Truma, Midrabona, it gets the Kedusha of Truma de Eraisa. And therefore it has all the Halachas of Truma de Eraisa. And therefore it's got Kedusha de Eraisa, therefore it's a problem. That's, I think, the way the Rogachov explains it. So therefore, we've got to go to Chumrah. Rather, says the Gemara, top of Lamit Heonid base, El Alachinas Truma. Rather, it must be talking about with regard to eating Truma. Meaning to say, that Ochli Kern in Truma, that the Kernim are not allowed to eat the Truma, they've got to wait for of Shemesh, they've tabled already, before the Ben Ashmoshes of Rabbi Yehuda, Taka, but they're not allowed to eat Ad Deshonim Ben Ashmoshes to Rabbi Yossi, until the Ben Ashmoshes of Rabbi Yossi has already been completed. In other words, it's not enough to wait until the Ben Ashmoshes of Rabbi Yehuda is complete. No, you have to wait for the Ben Ashmoshes of Rabbi Yossi. Ask Tosfus, what is the Ben Ashmoshes of Rabbi Yossi? What cheer are we talking about? It's terrifying. So we're talking about a fraction of a second. Let's say a second. Is that honestly what you're coming to say? Don't eat the truma now. You can eat it now. Is that what it's saying? Doesn't make any sense. Quite correct. It doesn't make any sense. So rather the pshat must be, you know, they say, they say that about, about the yetas. It's not, it's not yet time for, uh, not now, but now. Right? Not yet time, now. So, but over here, the extra second is not going to make any difference. So what's, what's, uh, what's, what's Peshat over here? Says Tosfus, um, and you can't tell me that the Bein Hashemoshes of Rabbi Yossi only happens a long time after the Bein Hashemoshes of Rabbi Yossi is finished, because then, if that was the case, um, when Rabbi Yehuda said on the previous Almaty, Rabbi Yehuda Mashmuel, that the Bein Hashemoshes of Rabbi Yehuda According to Rabbi Yossi, you can go to Mikvah during that time. It's not only, it's not only during the Bein Hashemoshes of Rabbi Yehuda. It's even a while after the Bein Hashemoshes of Rabbi Yehuda. Elamai must be the Bein Hashemoshes of Rabbi Yossi kicks in straight after the Bein Hashemoshes of Rabbi Yehuda. So what's going on? So Tosis gives two answers. The first answer is that Elachanami, there is a little bit of a gap between the end of the Bein Hashemoshes of Rabbi Yehuda and when the Bein Hashemoshes of Rabbi Yossi happens. But it's not enough time for a person to go to mikvah, and that's why Rabbi Yehuda Amashmuel did not mention, did not mention the going to the ability to go to mikvah after the Bein Hashemoshes of Rabbi Yehuda, because there's not enough time to go. And the Rosh makes the cheshbon. How long is that based on the Gemara that, that says that if a zov sees enough time for three tevilas, which is the time it takes a person to walk a hundred amas, that's another word enough time for three tevilas. Or three years, whichever way, way you want. So, so therefore we say that it must be the time it takes a person for tefillah is the time it takes a person to walk 50 yards. So therefore if we're saying there's not the amount of time 
In other words, between the end of the Ben Hashemoshes of Rabbi Yudah and the Ben Hashemoshes of Rabbi Yossi, there's not enough time to go to Mikvah, so it must be 49, a maximum of 49 Amas walk, which we cheshpent out was, um, depending on which which um, um, shear mill you take, if you take the 18-minute mill um, as your, as your uh, thing, so we're talking about a little under, a little under um, half a minute. A little under half a minute. The other answer to this, which makes it much harder to know what to do now is, he says, you know what? For all we know, the Bein Hashemoshes of Rabbi Yossi could be a long time after the Bein Hashemoshes of Rabbi Yudha. It could be straight afterwards. It could be a long time afterwards. We actually don't know when it starts. When it, when it, when it happens, I should say. Therefore, in terms of going to Mikvah, according to Rabbi Yossi, says Rabbi Yudha Mashmal, you can only go to Mikvah until the end of Bein Hashemoshes of Rabbi Yudha. Because at some point after that, it could be 10 seconds afterwards, it could be 5, 10 minutes later, I have no idea when, the Bein Hashemoshes of Rabbi Yossi starts. But you can't go to Mikvah after the Bein Hashemoshes of Rabbi Yudha, because maybe Bein Hashemoshes of Rabbi, Rabbi Yossi is more or less straight afterwards. But al him, therefore, in terms of eating truma, you have to wait until it definitely passed the Bein Hashemoshes of Rabbi Yossi, whenever that, whenever that is. That's all we're saying over here. And as Tosfus points out, we could have really, if we really wanted, we could have really said L'Chumrah, all of it in Shabbos. In other words, we could have said that with regard to bringing in Shabbos, you have to treat Bein Hashemoshes of Rabbi Yehud, you have to go like Rabbi Yehud of Bein Hashemoshes, bringing Shabbos early. When it comes to doing Malachah on Leitzoy Shabbos, you have to go like Rabbi Yossi. You can't do Malachah until the Bein Hashemoshes of Rabbi Yossi is passed. Or we could have done the whole thing with regard to Truma. In other words, saying with regard to Tzvilah, the Kohenim have to go to Mikvah before the Bein Hashemoshes of Rabbi Yehud. With regard to eating the truma, they can't eat it until the Bein Hashemoshes of Rabbi Yossi has passed. So it's toast with the reason why we pick one Shabbos and one, one um, in terms of, of truma is to tell you each one the Chiddush in it. In other words, that even with Shabbos, which is obviously very, very Chomor, you should know that Rabbi Yossi would have been maker and he would have allowed you to do Malacha until his Bein Hashemoshes. But we don't pass him at that. We have to tell you we pass him at Rabbi Yehuda. And so too with truma, which is very maker. Well, it's definitely more makeup than Shabbos. Or, as Tosef says, with Truma de Rabbana, as we said beforehand, you may have thought, well, in that case, in that case, maybe even Rabbi Yossi would be makeup. No, he's not. Rabbi Yossi is machmeh even in Truma, even if the Truma de Rabbana, the way we explained, we gave a little bit of a Svara. Why? Because once you separate it, it's got the din of Truma de Raisa. And therefore, you cannot, the Kohen cannot eat it until the Ben Hashemoshes of Rabbi Yossi has completed. Omar Rabbi Yehuda, Omar Shmuel. Rabbi Yehuda said, B'Shem Shmuel. The last, last little sugi now with regard to Bein Hashemoshes. Kochov echod yo. When you see one star in the sky, it's day. Shanayim Bein Hashemoshes. When you see two stars, it's Bein Hashemoshes. Shalosho, when you see three, it's Lila, it's night. Tanin Amihoki said to Ruvlat Mr. Nebraisa, Kochov echod yo, one star is day. Shanayim, two of them is Bein Hashemoshes. Shalosho is Lila. Omar Rabbi Yossi, so Rabbi Yossi, the Bach says it should say, he said, We're not talking about seeing big stars which can be seen during the day, which, in actual fact, apparently from an astronomical point of view, that means certain planets, like uh, I think we said Mercury, Mars, potentially, there are certain planets which potentially can be seen during the day. Not very often, but they can, just before sunset. That's not the ones we're talking about. We're not talking about the tiny stars, which can only be seen well into the night. 
Now, the mice say they're not bigger or smaller. It's a question of how far away they are from Earth and how bright they are. But they seem to us bigger and smaller. Elobinim, rather, we're looking for middle-sized stars. When you see one of those, it's still there. When you see two of them, it's Beirash Moshes. When you see three of them, it is now night. From, again, from an astronomical point of view, there are certain difficulties we spoke about with this. Because at different times of the year, you can have, for example, certain times of the year, you'll see one star, so it's day. And then star number two and three will come out very, very close together, which means you basically get no Beirash Moshes. Other times of the year, I think it's in the summer, you do get a much bigger gap between star number two and star number three because you're seeing different stars. And in terms of how quickly you'll see them, to do with the atmosphere changing, but kids so that a lot of factors can make certain things change. We, we spoke about various, uh, a possible way of explaining the Gemara, but it's also, it's not so easy. This Gemara, from a practical point of view, is a little difficult to understand. Um, however, it doesn't seem to change the Aloha. That seems to be Lemaise, the way through the Doris, that's the way they worked out when night was. They went outside and they looked for three stars. We know when it comes to, the Ram brings it over here, it's actually Yerushalmi. For Mitzoy Shabbos, it's not enough just to look for some three stars. You have to look for three stars which are grouped together within different, uh, whether, it's, whether it's, I think it's four armors or whether it's one armor. There's different ways, and again, how to measure that. But they've got to be grouped together. Uh, moreover, as it happens for us, what we do is we wait on the Tzai Shabbos and uh, we wait for not Kechov and Beinanim. We obviously have to wait for Kechov and Ketanim because we are not expert enough to know the difference what is Kechov and Ketanim, what is Kechov and Beinanim. So the Maise, we wait for Kechov and Ketanim. Omer Rabbi Yisif Rabbi Zavida Ha'isa Melacha B'Shnei Beinash Moshes Somebody who does Melacha through two Beinash Moshes In other words, he, start, he does Melacha It's all Behenam We won't forget for a moment he does Malacha through the whole of Bein Hashmoshes, this is. From beginning of Bein Hashmoshes to the end of Bein Hashmoshes on Erev Shabbos, and from beginning of Bein Hashmoshes to the end of Bein Hashmoshes on going into Mitzoy Shabbos. So then, either way, Chayav Chatzis is Chayav Chatzis. It's no longer an Oshem Tali, because there's no doubt about it, he's definitely done a Malacha. Mimonachok, either way, he's done a Malacha. Because if Bein Hashmoshes is all day, then he did the Malacha on going into Mitzoy Shabbos, because it was still daytime. If Ben Ashmol shows he treated all as night, then he did the Malacha on Erev Shabbos, going into Shabbos, that was already night. If he treats it as part day, part night, well then he's done Malacha through the beginning, uh, through Erev Shabbos and Mitzvah Shabbos. So therefore, Mimon of Shok, he's definitely done a Malacha and therefore he's Chayim Chatzos. Omani Rova Lashami, Rova said to Shamash, he said, Atun, as for you, you're not expert in the Shiram of the Rabbanon. So don't start trying to, to look over to the West and all these sort of things. You'll end up getting it all wrong. What you should do is on Erev Shabbos, when the sun is on the top of the palm trees, it's that's the time to light your candles. So the Gemara asked, Mike, what do you do? Because that's very, very close to sunset. What do you do? What do you do on a cloudy day? You can't see the sun. So we say, in the, if you're in the city, Basically, look out, it's, as long as you can see the chickens running around in the field still, or running around on their, actually on a log of wood, you know it's still daytime, because once it's getting towards Shkia, it's getting night, they go back into their coop. But Dabara, in the fields, Urve, same sort of thing, look for the ravens, look for the birds, same sort of thing, they'll be dancing around during the day, and they go back into their dovecots, or well, it's not dovecots, ravencots, whatever it is, uh, once it's getting towards night, towards Shkia. 
Inami or Adani. You should look to this Adani. Now this Adani is a special mallow, it's some sort of plant, some sort of asev, that its leaves face throughout the day, they face towards where the sun is. So in the morning they face to the east, in the evening they face towards the west, and midday they're up, they're, they're directly up. So even if it's a cloudy day, they know where, where the sun is. So you can look at those. Um, the the, the, the um, run brings a very, very similar shot. It's, it's a flower where the, the, the uh, flowers open up at the beginning of the day, where they begin to open, I should say, and by midday they're completely open, and then they begin to close again, and as it gets to the sunset, obviously they're fully closed. So you can follow the, the, uh, the, the, uh, sort of the progress of the day based on this flower. Um, very, very bekitza in a practical sense. We spoke, we spent a, a long time on this, on this uh, sugya, what we do nowadays. Um, in a practical sense, we obviously, the time's already printed. How do they do it? Sunset, lemaisa kimat, kimat, all places can say, sunset goes by what you see. In other words, if we're above sea level, we go from where we are, even though sunset is going to be later. Obviously, Honet will be that bit earlier. Remember to take into account this refraction. That means the light bends. If the light bends, the more the light bends, the earlier you will have Honet, and the later you will have Shkir. Because the sun can be further below the horizon, and the sun will still bend round for us to see. Um... So therefore, it's very, very difficult to actually work it out mathematically or using programs because all they do there is they take an average amount of refraction. But with change of atmospheric pressures and the, the, the uh, and temperatures, etc., that can affect the amount of refraction. And therefore, it could be, our times can be, they say 25% of the time, um, it's more than 30 seconds out. Um, you've then got the question, other difficulties... Uh, and by the way, the times are calculated, at least in Chutzla, they are calculated from sea level. I forgot to say that. Even though Kimat, all posts can agree, you don't go from sea level. So that's another inaccuracy. <coughs> as I said, from where we are, we're not, as it happens in London, we're not that far above sea level. But the Maisa, the f- as you go above sea level, obviously, Honet gets earlier and Shkia gets later. Um, the Maisa, you take a whole city. The question is, what do you include in a city? You take it from the highest point in the city. So for Honet, it'll be the earliest point in the city, and Shkia will be the latest point in the city. For Arab Shabbos, there are those who say you should be Makhme and go from your point in the city, even though it'll mean bringing in Shabbos a little earlier. Um, then, uh, another issue is, do you take the mountains into account? Obviously, if you've got mountains surrounding, now here where we are, we don't really have mountains, but in Arab they do have mountains. Now, they've got the close, the mountains which are close by, in Yerushalayim, for example, Harazim, and these sort of things. And then you've got ha- Hori Moyov, the Moabite mountains, these sort of things which are slightly further out. Now, obviously, when the sun goes behind the mountain, it hasn't actually dipped below the real horizon, in other words, at your, from the level where you're standing, but because you can't see it anymore, for all intents and purposes, you've seen sunset. It appears like, do you go by sunset when it dips below, uh, behind, the, behind the mountains? Or do you have to imagine the mountains weren't there? So I believe Rav Tukhachinsky, for example... He followed the Pesach of Rabbi Yeshua Diskin, that you don't include the nearby mountains, because he says that's basically like saying putting a screen in the way in between you and the sun. Well, obviously that's not Shkir. But the faraway mountains, he did include. But again, you'll get Shittas Lekan or Lekan. Another difficulty. Um, do you include man-made buildings? Especially nowadays with skyscrapers and things like that. That can also make a major difference. 
Do you include those? Do you not? Many people say you don't include these. So then you, all these things have to be, you've got to simulate sunset and sunrise to work out all these things. Um, I'm just trying to think whether, whether, whether any other difficulties. But Kitzer, the way we, um, in terms of Shkia, as I said, generally speaking, um, it's taken in Chutzlar, at least at the times we have, are taken at sea level, as far as I'm aware. They're taken at sea level. Um, which means that, strictly speaking, we may have a little longer, but it's probably not that much longer. Um, I'm not absolutely certain what they do. In th- in ter- they probably do not include buildings and things like that. But there's not so many. The way of mountains, we don't have that so much here. Um, in terms of when night comes in, so the way, in practice, with all the Rabbeinu time and, all, and everything all discussed, in practice, um, what we, what's been done is, over the generations, various Gedolim have recorded in Sforim when they, how long after Shkiel, they felt it was permitted. So Shabbos or something like that. We can then work out, we see where they were in the world, the latitude, which time of the year it was, make a calculation how many degrees below the horizon the sun was, and then we can see, obviously they held, that's the number of degrees below the horizon the sun has to be, after Shkiel, for it to be, um, for it to be naft. And the accepted thing nowadays is, at least for Mozart, Shabbos, most take on like Rav Tukchinsky, which is 8.5 degrees below the horizon. Which, for example, in the winter here, I think is about, I think it's 56 minutes in the height of the winter. The sum is obviously even longer than 72 minutes. It's a little longer, it's about 75 minutes, whatever it is. Um, and Yom and Ashovim, it's obviously even shorter. It's less, it's uh, about 50 minutes, maybe even a little shorter than that. Um, that's the, the, the way it's done. There are shitters, there are shitters before Tovshim Chavtes, they did use an earlier time, which was around 7 point uh, something or other degrees. Um, was it 7.083 or something? I can't remember the exact shear, but it was 7 degrees and plus however much. Um, and there are some who still use that shear to stay. Monks, for example, still keep those times as far as I'm aware. I think that's the, the, the basis. Um, we did speak a little about Bein Ashvosh, just even though it's not really Nogea to Al Sugi here, just very briefly. Um, in fact, before, before I come to that, so that's, just continuing on from where, from where we said, that's the idea of when we work out Mitzvah Shabbos, 8.5 degrees, let's say. The only thing I will say is, so where, where, what about those who want to keep Rabbi Natal? So generally speaking, the vast majority of those who keep Rabbi Natal, it's L'Chumrah, and therefore they wait, as Ramosha says, you wait 72 minutes. Because the way they understand it, it's based on Amara Kayin and things like that, that what we, the way they understand the Gemara is, well, that what the Rabbi Natal meant to say was, that you wait either for three stars or you wait for 72 minutes, whichever one happens later. So therefore, for the majority of the year, except in the height of the summer in London, that's going to mean waiting 72 minutes is a chumrah. You have to wait an extra 20 minutes, whatever it is, 10 minutes, depending on where you are in the year. In the summer, in the height of the summer, 72 minutes is actually a kula. So then chas v'shalem to rely on 72 minutes, even the rabbi Tam would agree you have to wait for the three stars, which is going to be an extra few minutes. Um, that is more or less the Shkia, Ben Ashmoshes, and, uh, and, and Nacht, as, as we have it. Just very briefly, with regard to Ades HaShachar, Ades HaShachar is also, is supposed to be four mil before Honets. Now, the problem is, there are those who hold, that means 72 minutes, and just a fix 72 minutes. The problem is, number one, it's very difficult, the Matthias is just impossible to understand, why should it be a fixed 72 minutes? Um, Mitzia shows that it's simply not like that. That Alessa is the first bit of light, 
or here, Pinei Mizrach, whatever it is, but you'll see, depending on where you are in the world, but you'll definitely see more than 72 minutes before, before Ahonid, it's, it's already getting light. So, according to this forum we, we were using, if you actually go back before the, before the, the Holocaust, you won't find, he, he claims that there's very little, if any, source of keeping a thick 72 minutes. You'll find many, tens, possibly even hundreds of sources which indicate it was based on the number of degrees below the horizon, 16 degrees, whatever it is, possibly 16 degrees, which therefore means where we are in the summer, in the summer, it comes out that the sun never actually dips that, that low below the horizon, and therefore you will never actually get, a po- in other words, Al-Esar is basically at Chatzos, because that's the point when the sun starts its way back up. When it comes to Mitzvah Shabbos, it's only Yechidim who are Machmir to go to wait for 16 degrees below the horizon to take degrees and the, and the, the Rabbein Tam to that, to that, uh, to that, um, sort of take it that far. But for Allah Sashachar, you should know in Eretz Yisrael, everyone goes with the, with the degrees. I think everyone goes, no one keeps his fixed 72 minutes. Uh, even in Chutzal, there's many places which say one should not keep a fixed 72 minutes. But again, it's obviously well worth mentioning that the, he held it was a fee, he was quite adamant, it's a, it's a fixed 72 minutes. And based on that, many killers, especially in London, many killers did keep, at least for a fast day, they would allow one to eat till 72 minutes before Honit. However, many killers now have taken on, I don't know if it's after, whether it's, they've changed, or whether they've always kept it like this, they don't keep 72 minutes. They say, like we saw, for example, Rob Miller of, of, uh, of, of Canada holds, of Toronto, he holds... That one should not keep a fixed 72 minutes for the fast day, one should wait for 16 degrees, 18 degrees, whatever it is. I think he says 16 degrees is enough, um, and one should not eat beyond that point. Obviously, when it comes to Mitzoy, Tanis, there one could be Makel, because strictly speaking, uh, for, for a Tanis, Ben Ashmosh is already, it could be one could eat during Ben Ashmosh, so that happens, obviously, we may wait for night, but the kids of Mitzoy, Tanis, one could be much more Makel. You don't even have to wait till Mitzoy, Shabbos, thicker times. Um, Another thing we spoke about, one or two little, just very briefly, we spoke about what to do if a person is be, be above the a person is above the Arctic Circle. The Arctic Circle is the point. Where, I'm just dealing with the northern hemisphere. It'd be the same for the Antarctic, um, going down to the southern hemisphere. But the kids are above 66 and a half degrees in the northern hemisphere because the Earth is at a tilt of 23 and a half degrees. So 23 and a half plus 66 and a half gives you 90 degrees. Because of that, we explained in the share more detail why this is. Basically, what you end up with is above 66.5 degrees, which is the Arctic Circle, and that includes areas of, of, of like Siberia, Russia, um, I think Greenland, parts of Canada. There's certain parts which are above that, inhabited areas, um, obviously the North Pole, but that's, I don't think that's so inhabited. From that point upwards, you will get certain parts where it will never, ever get dark for more than... For, through the 24 hours, the sun never even sets. And in the summer, that's in the summer. In the winter, the sun never rises. If you take it to the extreme, in the North Pole, the sun only sets once and only rises once in the year. And that is on the equinox. So basically, throughout the winter, you won't see the sun at all. And in the summer, you won't, it'll just be light all, the whole time for six months. Which obviously raises certain shiders. And the bottom line was that a person should basically avoid these areas um, if you want to avoid uh, serious shyness. If a person was in these areas, um, the accepted Pesach is, with regard to how long Shabbos lasts for, 
there is an amazing Minchas Eloza, who or a mere person seems to go along with this more or less, that Shabbos does not end until the sun sets. So therefore, if let's say you're in the North Pole, and you arrive there, you're there on the equinox, going into the summer, so the sun rises, when it hits Friday, it's now Shabbos, Whenever the sun rises, I say it's th- Tuesday, you wait for Friday, it's now Shabbos. You have to keep Shabbos now for the next six months. And when the sun sets, Shabbos is then finished. And if it sets on Wednesday, it's now Wednesday. You just continue from there. If you're there in the winter, there are those who hold, Shabbos doesn't exist. Simply does not exist. Likewise, if you're there, let's say, in the winter, you won't have certain, there are those who hold, you don't have the certain mitzvahs which simply do not apply. Day, day mitzvahs don't apply. Some say all mitzvahs which are zman groma don't apply. Likewise, in the summer, you won't have, you won't have, you won't be able to have marit. That's, that's what some hold. However, the consensus of most postgame is, what you do is that 24 hours is a day. So whenever you bring in Shabbos, you count 24 hours, and that's it. Shabbos is then out. So when do I bring in Shabbos? So there's two main shittas. There are those who say when the sun is in the, the furthest west in its orbit, that's what we call sunset, even though it's not actually setting, but that's when Shabbos comes in. When it's at the east, that's sunrise, that's the beginning of the day. That's how you work out everything. Others say that you simply go by wherever you come from. It's not absolutely clear that it's fair to you, so all goes like this. So if you come from London, you keep London times. When it's Shabbos in London, it's Shabbos in the North Pole. So if you've got a group of people there, one comes from London, one comes from America, one from America, everyone's keeping different times. But you can see, I think you've got the picture of this. It's not the ideal place for one to live. And uh, one of the members of our share, Mr. Michael Kestenbaum, um, when he was somewhere north of the, I think, or very close to the Arctic Circle, but I think at some point even above the Arctic Circle, um, got a Pesach from Ramosha or through Ramosha, that basically um, one should avoid these areas unless you really have to be there because of business purposes. But if you are there... I seem to remember, he, I think he's, he says that he got a, something to do with keeping, uh, well, sorry, no, that, was, that, was, that wasn't Ramosha. Ramosha just said you should avoid the area if you can, other than if you have to be there. The other thing we briefly spoke about is the amazing shit of Ramosha with regard to Ben Ashmoshes. Ramosha holds that in the Ikaradin, let's say in America, Ben Ashmoshes is a maximum of 50, 50 minutes. So he says if you've got 50 minutes, that means according to Rabbeinu Tam as well, it's not 72 minutes. In America, it will be 50 minutes. Even though Rabbi Natan would agree with it. So what do you do? What you do is, you say like this. According to Rabbi Natan, Ben Ashmosh lasts for four mil, which is 16 quarters of a mil. 16 quarters of a mil. And, um, sorry, that's not Ben Ashmosh. That is the uh, sort of the whole period from the beginning of the first sunset to the end of uh, the end of the night. So we can split that 14, that four mil into 16 quarters of a mil. So according to the Ga'onim, the first three quarters, which is about nine, ten minutes, is going to be, that's your Beinash Moshes. After that, it's definitely night. According to the Rabbeinu Tam, the last three quarters of a mil is your Beinash Moshes. Before that, it's completely day. The middle half hour or so, 30, 31 minutes, is like when I say no man's land, meaning according to the Gaonim, it's definitely night. According to, according to the Rabbeinu Tam, it's definitely day. So what Ramosha does is something quite unbelievable. He says that you can make a Svek Sveker and be muttered a lot of things, even Deiraisis. So for example, he says the first nine minutes, if a baby were to be born in the first nine minutes, let's say going into Motsoy Shabbos, 
So we say, obviously, a baby which is born may not moshes, you have to do of Shabbos. You can't do the bris on Shabbos, the next Shabbos, because maybe it was born on Sunday. So you have to wait for Sunday. He says, if it's born in the first nine minutes, you can do the bris on the next Shabbos. Because, according to the Rabbeinu Tam, it's completely dead. And even according to the Gaonim, it's a Sophic day, Sophic night. So therefore, putting the two things together, he feels, even the Mishnah seems to hold, you can't make such a Svek Sveko, because... Um, it's all really one sophic. Ramosha disagrees with this. And Bikitsa, he says you could, if it's born in the first nine minutes, you're perfectly fine. The uh, last nine minutes, you have to treat it completely in a chumrah. Um, Ramosha's got another, in fact, for the first nine minutes, I'll g- g- give you an- another example. Obviously, it's, it's not such a major colour, but for the first nine minutes, there's no problem with regard to, um, with regard to Shalash Sunnah. But I'll tell you another colour he's got, which I don't think is accepted by most postkin, and that is that if a woman forgot to do a Hefzik Tahara by Shkia, she would be allowed to do it in the first nine minutes after Shkia in America. Because he says again, according to the Rabbeinu Tam, it's definitely day. According to the Ka'inim, it's a Sophic day, Sophic night, so the Kitsa, she would be able to do it. Obviously not to be relied upon the Chatzkiller, and if a person did, I have to have such a Shadish task as well, because I don't think it's the, uh, the run of the, the uh, sort of the most accepted um, Pesach in your uh, conventional uh, Rabbons, if you want. And as we said, he's got certain Chumrud, you'll, you'll come out with at the other end, in terms of um, the last nine minutes, and obviously the middle part is where you've got this Machlech, it's, it's a complete Sophic day, Sophic night, which he says you treat that as basically as Benash Moshes. He says because that, he says that, but Emma, it, it, it's, it's an even better Sophic, um, because when you've got Benash Moshes, it's a Sophic, he says, Benash Moshes, what we call Benash Moshes, I don't know if it's day, I don't know if it's night. Whereas that middle 30 minutes plus, According to the Rabbeinu Tam, he's definite it's day. So if I, when I'm treating it as day, I'm relying on an absolute vaday it's day. And when I follow the Gaelim and I treat it as night, it's an absolute vaday it's night. So obviously it will depend on the Rabbonans, the Rises, but you can definitely treat it as a, as Bein Ashmoshis. What you would be allowed to do Bein Ashmoshis, you could definitely do in those 30 minutes or so, Ramosha says. So for example, one example would be, Ramosha says, if a person wants to do a Malacha de Rabbonan, Let's say mitzvah, a person, going into Shabbos in other words, we've learned that Bein Ashmoshes, one can do a Melochah de Rabbonon, one can do a Melochah de Rabbonon, let's say mitzvah. You can ask a goy to do it, as long as obviously you weren't actually Makabal Shabbos, and Zibra haven't been Makabal Shabbos, as, as, uh, as we've spoken about. But if, so therefore he says, even though according to the Goenim it's definitely night, since we can't really be mafriah between the Goenim and the Rabbeinu Tam, so therefore in that middle period of 30 minutes, you could still treat it, you treat it as being Ashmoshes, and Sofik Yim, Sofik you therefore you could do any Dirabonon, L'Tzorech Mitzvah, if you have not been Mechabal Shabbos, or uh, the Tzibur, in other words, have not been Mechabal Shabbos. Now the Gemara continues on. Tana Rabbon has been taught in a Bryson. Sheish Tekiyos take it in Erev Shabbos. On Erev Shabbos, they would blow six Tekiyos, six blowings, Two sets of, you'd have tekiya, 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 tekiya. That's six soundings of the shofar in total. Rishonah, um, the first blow, the first tekiya was to tell the people who are in the fields, far away from the city, it's time to stop the work in the fields. Shaniyah, the second one, that's the tekiya, is ir is to stop the people in the city doing their malacha. The chanuyas, and to tell the shops, it's time to stop business, it's time to start closing up. Shalishis, the third blowing of the shofar, that's in other words the, the next uh, kiyah, is the Kisaneh, which tell people it's t- time to start thinking about lighting candles. Divinity Rabbi Nossin, that's the opinion of Rabbi Nossin. Rabbi Yoda Anossi, Rabbi Yoda Anossi says, Shalishis is Lachalit Tefillin. 
The third one is to tell people it's time to take off tefillin. So when do I light candles? So Rashi says, and Tosfa says, definitely this is, Tosfa says this is definitely the way we take on, like Rashi proves it as well, that Rashi is correct, that according to Rabbi, uh, Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi, um, you'd light the candles on the fourth keel. It's a little later. It's proven from the, from the continuation of the Gemara. Then, after the third blowing, the, the uh, person blowing the shofar would wait enough time that a person would be able to, to uh, uh, roast a small dog cotton, a small fish. Or enough time to stick um, some bread into the oven, because remember it's got to have enough time to crust over sufficiently before Shabbos actually comes in. And then he would blow a tekiah to a tekiah, the shavis, and that's it, Shabbos. You treat it as Shabbos, basically. Amar Rabbi Shimon Megamliel said, What should we do for the Babylonians? That they blow a tekiah and teruah and stop mitoch the teruah. So the Gemara says, Really? They just blow a tekiah and a teruah to end off with? They've only got five soundings of the shavah. And or rather, what it means is shetokin v'chayzim v'tokin u'marim. They do tekiah, tekiah teruah v'shovesim v'toch marim, and then they stop v'toch the teruah. They still have the six, all the six notes, but they just do it in a different order and they end off with the teruah. The answer is minag avisim v'yadim. That's the minag that they've received from their forefathers, and therefore they they should do like that. Masni le Rav Yehuda le Rav Yitzchok Bere. Rav Yehuda taught to Rav Yitzchok his son that shniyah the second one is lehalik esaner. When you sound the second one, the teruah, that's the time to light the candles. Come on. Like, whom does that go? So we say, Loka Rabbi Nosan, Veloka Rabbi Yodanasi. It doesn't go like Rabbi Nosan, and it doesn't go like Rabbi Yodanasi. Rabbi Nosan says the lighting the candle is on the, you'd have to light on the third uh, sounding of the shofar. And if you go like Rabbi Yehuda Nossi, that was Rabbi Nossam, and if you go like Rabbi Yehuda Nossi, it'd be on the fourth sounding of the shofar. That's the right, it must be the fourth sounding of the shofar, like Rashi said. So the second one, no one says like, oh, do you do it on the second one? So, Elo, um, where's it gone? Elo, rather what he, what he taught was, the third one is to light the candle, and command like whom does that go? Because Rabbi Nossam, that goes like Rabbi Nossam. Whereas according to Rabbi Yudah Nasi, it would be on the fourth one. Tana the Rabbi Shmuel. It was taught in the base of Rabbi Shmuel. Sheish tekiya token erev Shabbos. They would blow six times on erev Shabbos. Hischel litkayat tekiya rishenu. When he began to blow the first tekiya, nimlu uhaimdim asada. The people standing in the field, the people working in the field, would be, would stop milada from digging the ground, hoeing the ground, umilacharish, and from threshing umilasis kamanocha shemasadus, and from doing any and every manocha in the fields. Ve'ena karovin rashoin nikonis. And the people who were in the fields nearer the city were not allowed to come into the city until the people from the further away cities, they came and they all gathered together near the city and then they would all come in together. Why? Because otherwise if they came in in drips and drabs, the people nearer the city would come in first, the people further away would come in later. People may suspect them of ignoring, they wouldn't know that they've come in from far, further away. They'll say the reason why they came in later was because they ignored the tekiah and continued working. So therefore, we, to stop the Maris Ayin, make sure everyone comes in together. But for Adayin Chanuyas Pesuchas, at that stage, the shops were still open, Utrisin Munachin, and the Trisin, that's the, like the shutters they used to put over the windows, um, what they used to do is they take them off their hinges, 
and they'd set it down on top of a, of a few like things they use as legs, and they'd use it as a table to set their merchandise uh, on it. And so these shutters, call it tables, were still in place. Everyone was still doing business. So here's Once the Chazan Akhenesis, he began to blow the second tekiyah, Nistalko Atrisim, the, the uh, tables were removed, meaning, uh, in other words, they were put back in the, uh, on, the, on the windows, meaning Adu Achanuyos, and the shops were closed up. But at that point, Vadayin Chamin Munochin Al Gabi Kira. The hot, the, the, the hot liquids, the soups and everything, were still boiling on the stove. Ukaderis Munochin Al Gabi Kira, and the, the pots of hot food were still on the Kira, boiling away. His Chedet Kayat Kiyosh when he would be, blow the, he began to blow the third sounding of the shofar. Whoever was going to take it off the stove would take it off the stove. The hitman amatman, anyone who needed to do hatzmon on it, swaddling would do hatzmon on them. The hitlik amatlik, and then whoever was going to light the candles would light the candles then. The shayakadeh and then he would wait, give them a little more time, enough time to to uh, roast a small fish. Um, or enough time to put the bread into the oven, and enough time it should cross over. And then the tekeah miriyah, the tekeah v'shaydis. And then he'd blow a tekiah, threw a tekiah, and then he would stop, he would stop work. So Omar Rabbi Yesi B'Rabbi Chanina, so Rabbi Yesi B'Rabbi Chanina, he said, Shamati, I heard, If a person wanted to light after the six tekiahs are finished, Malik, he could still light. Because it's not shut the minute he finished the last tekiah, now it's Shabbos. The, ch- the Chazan had to give, the Chazan HaKnesses who was blowing the shofar, they had to give him enough time to take his shofar back to his house. It's muksa. So it couldn't be Shabbos straight away when he finished. Remember, he was blowing from the middle of the city on top of a high building. So, um, I assume Omaloi means the Tan of the Rabbi Shmuel said to Rabbi Yossi Rabbi Chanino. He said, but in Cain, if so, not Sato the Warah, Polishiurit. What, so, what does that help me? Very nice. I've got time still to light. How much time do I have? Well, it depends where this guy lives. If he lives 10 minutes walk away, I've got 10 minutes. If he lives a minute, he lives next door, then I've only got a minute. You, you haven't really defined that. That doesn't make much sense. Rather, there was a, a safe place on the, for the Chazana Knesset on the top of that roof in the middle of town. That's where he would leave his shofar. So I know I have exactly, let's say, a minute, or however long it takes to put it there. Because one's not allowed to move, not a shofar, and not chatzitzros. Shofar is the bent type, chatzitzros is the straight type, the trumpets. But as the Shem Gemara will see, um, that really it's been switched around, but that's the, that's the, for the time being, that, that's what it means. Bekitz, it's moksa. We're going to stop there in terms of the, the Gemara for the time being. But as Hashem, on the next plot, we'll, we'll, we're going to continue with this, with this Sugyo Moksa. But what we've come out with is as follows from, from this whole circuit. Is that we've said that they would, on Erev Shabbos, as we said, they, they blow these six tequilas to tell everyone basically it's time to stop doing Malachah. This is actually brought in Shulchan Aruch for midnight to blow six tequilas. Nowadays there are certain places they play music and uh, sound some sort of horn, etc. The Mishnah Baruch of Bikitza says certain things, the, the Edson idea still applies nowadays. People should not be doing Malachah right up to the last moment. He says, we can't fault Aniyim, who are desperate for the money. You can't really stop them if they're, you know, doing business right up to the last moment. But a miser, a person shouldn't be. Take a look at the Mishra over there for, um, for more information. Um, I think it's actually in Simon 
Reish Nunvov. Um, it speaks about it. Uh, he, he speaks about it exactly. He gives some sort of a, an hour, two hours, whatever it is, depending on, on different things. Um, but one shayla which which uh, is very very important to try and be to try and learn out from this Gemara is like this. Now, the shayla we have here is as follows: When exactly is a person mekabel shalos? The Bahak, for example, he understands from this Gemara that the last thing it talks about doing here, the last thing it talks about doing is lighting candles. So he says that um, a person, once you light candles, that is Kabbalah Shabbos. For example, on Erev Shabbos Hanukkah, once a person has uh, lit the Shabbos candles, he wouldn't be able to light the Hanukkah candles. So therefore he should light the Hanukkah candles first, and then Shabbos candles. And this shitter is backed up by the rum. The rum goes along with that. The lighting of the candles is Kabbalah Shabbos. However, connected that you've got the Ramban, the Ramban and the Rosh, who both say that lighting candles has got absolutely nothing to do with being Kabbalah Shabbos. Lighting candles is like any other preparation for Shabbos. On the contrary, you see from the Gemara. They understand that you've got enough time still to roast the fish, etc., etc. You see the Bahag and the Ram say, no, that's not Shabbat. You are allowed to roast fish after lighting candles. It means the Chazana Knesset would wait enough time for people to do that if they haven't lit candles. That's the amount of time he would have to wait. But you yourself, once you lit candles, it's Shabbos. That's what the Ram holds with the Bahag. But the Rosh and the Ramban say, no, on the contrary, you can light candles. It's an Erev Shabbos sticker thing. We said, for example, that may, that machlokes may explain, or uh, the 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 machlokes in Hogan, if you want, when it comes to lighting candles on second day yomtiv. Do you do it on like you would normally do uh, before before shkia, or do you say no? That's hachana. So it depends. Why are you lighting? If peshat is you're doing it in preparation of the next day, then it's then it's hachana. It's an Erev Shabbos sticker thing that you're doing for, so that you should have light on Shabbos, or, or for Shabbos, and in this case you're doing it for the second day, it would be Hafana. So you'd have to wait till night. But if you say that Peshat is, no, I'm bringing in Yom Tov with that, I'm bringing in Shabbos with that, then on the contrary, there's an Indian to be most of Kodesh, so now is the time for me to light. So you get this different difference in Minhogim based on that. However, there is a slight complication, and that is because, even if we were to, now, because in Shokhan Aruch, you've got... So you, you've got these, these shetters brought about is it with the lighting the candles or is it like the Rosh says it's got nothing to do with lighting the candles if it's not to do with lighting the candles then it'll be to do with when the Tzibos say Borofu or nowadays when they say Mishmashir or possibly when they say Be'evishonim and the Chazodi obviously once the Tzibos bring in Shabbos we'll speak about that in a second but what happens when the Tzibos bring in Shabbos but um, the, you've got this, this difference in opinion the shayla is, could I make a tonight? In other words, even if, let's say, the lighting of the candles is really the acceptance of Shabbos, could I make a tonight and say that I don't want to be Mikado Shabbos with lighting candles? Could I make, could I make a, a tonight? So it basically depends. The problem is that this, that there is a shit at the Tashbat who says no way no way can you, well, put it this way, according to the Tashvat, there's no way in the world that you can make a tonight, at least the person who's lighting. Because, the way we explained it is because it's a, well, what it says is because it's a stereo mineu bay. 
you're making the bracha, lahaning neshal Shabbos, but you're saying, but I don't want to be Mikabal Shabbos. So the question is, what do you do when you've lit the candle? What do you do with a match? Can you put out the match or not? Well, if you've been the Kabbal Shabbos with the lighting of the candle, you can't put out the match. So the Ramah asks this question, <coughs> but the Ramah goes even further. From the Tashbats, it sounds like the, the Bracha is the, is the Kabbalah Shabbos. You're saying having national Shabbos. So if you made the Bracha, how can you even light the candles? And the Tashbat says that tonight doesn't work. Uh, from other from other post it sounds like it's just an automatic tonight. Obviously, you don't want to be Mikabal Shabbos until you get the candles. But what do I do? So the Ramah says that's why we Ashkenazim we light the candles first and then make the bracha, because then I I'm only making the bracha afterwards. But still, we have the shayla. When I've lit the candles, is the shayla the ones I've lit the candles? It's now Shabbos, or is it only with the bracha? In which case, I can put I can put out the match. So at this point, it would seem that Mimonashot, for that, I can make a Tanai. Even though the Mogin Avram says, generally, don't rely on a Tanai, that's only because of this Tashbat. You can't make a Tanai if you're saying, you're having Shabbos, but I don't want to be Mikabal Shabbos. So, in this in this situation, we suggested, Mimonashot, you should be able to make a Tanai. Why? Because if it's the, if I'm accepting Shabbos, if the acceptance of Shabbos is not with the Brocha, it's with the lighting, well then, I can make it tonight. The tonight works. Can I get the lighting? I can say, I don't want to be the Kabbalah Shabbos with the lighting. And if the Kabbalah Shabbos is with the Brokhah, with saying the word the Halik Neshel Shabbos, and therefore the tonight doesn't work, because you can't make it tonight, can I get what you're actually saying, the Brokhah, the Halik Neshel Shabbos, okay, no problem. But I put out the match before I make the Brokhah. So in the monoshop, either way, I should be able to put out the match between lighting and making the Brokhah. Because I've got a tonight. If it's the lighting, which is the Kabbalah Shabbos, I've made it tonight. If it's the Brokhah, well, I haven't, I haven't made the bracha yet. The only thing is that we suggested the pshat and the tashbat seems to be, because the tashbat doesn't actually say like the remor, that you make the bracha afterwards. So the question comes back, how does the tashbat understand? How can you make the bracha, so you have a kabbal shabbos with the bracha, and then you like? What's going on? So we said like this, the tashbat does not mean to say that the bracha is the kabbal shabbos. Even the tashbat means to say that it's the lighting which is the kabbal shabbos. So what pshat, what did he mean about the bracha? The Peshat is, but if you make a bracha, lehan miknesha Shabbos, what am I saying with those, those words? I'm saying that these candles I'm lighting, I'm lighting for Shabbos. As far as he's concerned, you're saying, I'm lighting these candles to be Mechabal Shabbos. So the minute I finish lighting all the candles I want to light for Shabbos, I'd be Mechabal Shabbos. So you can't make a tonight and say, but I don't want to be Mechabal Shabbos with the lighting of the candles, because you made a bracha saying, I do want to be Mechabal Shabbos with the lighting. But the Maise, it's the lighting, not the bracha, which is the Kabbalah Shabbos. And therefore, there's no problem whatsoever to light the candles after making the bracha. But once you finish lighting, Shabbos is in. If that's the case, we've now got a major problem. Because you can't make it tonight, because you're making the bracha. And you can't even put out the, the um, you can't even put out the, the match between making, between lighting and making the bracha. Because when you make the bracha, what are you saying? The Hadik Nashal Shabbos, the candles I lit, even though we make the bracha afterwards, but the candles I lit previously were for Shabbos. But you made it tonight saying you don't want to be with Kabbalah Shabbos. It doesn't work. Something's wrong here. So that, if that's the case, it comes out that you definitely be with Shabbos with the lighting. No tonight will work. And therefore, even though you're making the bracha afterwards, you wouldn't be able to put, put out the match in between lighting and making the bracha. Because when you make the bracha, what you're saying is, I've already been with Shabbos with the lighting. So in which case, retroactively, it comes out you couldn't have put out the match. So you'd have, an, you'd have a problem. 
What comes out is, although that's the way we understand the Tashbats, and I think it's a pretty good shot in the Tashbats, I'm obviously biased, but nonetheless, Medina de Shulchan Aruch, since the Shulchan Aruch doesn't say like that, in other words, according to the Mechabit, the Mechabit understands the maximum you are Mechabit Shabbos is with the lighting, it is not with the bracha. Maximum, that, 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 that's what would come out. He doesn't hold of this changing the order. Some Sephardim, I believe, they do change the order like we do, they make the bracha afterwards. Some go like the Mechabit, they just light. But uh, definitely a tonight would work according to the Mechabit. And even according to us, that we light afterwards, that we light afterwards, that is based on uh, the understanding of the Ramah. And according to uh, the understanding of the Ramah, we've shown that Mimonavshav, it will help to make a Tanai. Because either the Tanai works connected to the lighting, or if it's the Brachah, which is the Kabbalah Shabbos, as the Ramah understands the Tashbat, then I don't need the Tanai anyway. However, some are Machmets and Machlik, Salpeskin, the Benish Chai says one should not put out the match. Uh, the Orach HaShokhan says one can. It's a Machloikis HaPeskin. Personally, personally, I would have said that it's very nice all these... These, uh, like, um, what, what, what they call them, the, the taper, the, the... They call it a yad, actually. The, 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 um, the silver things that people like with. The only problem is you've got to put it out afterwards. So it's a matter of weighing up. Is it Kedai to, to, um, to use one because of the Hidro Mitzvah, like the Pane Aperolza? Or do you say, no, it's better that I use a match because then I could just put it down and let, let it go out on its own. If you've got somebody there next to you, your husband next to you, at the time of lighting, then definitely you can accomplish both. You can add the hidden bits of lighting with the taper, then you give it to your husband, he's not the Kabbalah Shabbos with the lighting, and therefore he would be able to put it out. Other than this, for people who are not the Kabbalah Shabbos with the lighting, um, so at which point does Shabbos come in? So the Rosh has already said that when... The Tzibur say Boruchu, and for us nowadays, as we said, that may be with Mizmashir, some say even with Lechodoyi, the end of it, where you show them, that is the point of Kabbalah Shabbos of the Tzibur, and a Yochit has to follow the Tzibur. Once the majority of the Tzibur have been with Kabbalah Shabbos, that's the point when Shabbos kicks in. Says the Machzah Shekel, so what's the Tzibur? You've got many shuls in the town, you follow the shul you normally daven in. If you don't have a particular shul to daven in, you sometimes daven here, you sometimes daven there, you can follow wherever you are planning to daven that night. So if you're not ready, daven somewhere else. Daven somewhere which, which is Makabal Shabbos later on. Uh, just as an aside, one interesting Nakuda is Ramosha Feinstein has got this Teshuvah, which, which is obviously uh, very interesting, as he says that a wife does not have to follow the husband. So therefore, even if the husband davens early because he wants to be Makabal Shabbos, he davens in, in a shul where, they, where they're Makabal Shabbos early. But they daven in different shuls. She's entitled to follow a shul which, which uh, is Makabal Shabbos later. Because since the husband is not doing it with shit, he's doing it just because he wants to be able to be Makabal Shabbos early, so that he can uh, eat early, whatever it is, the wife is not Meshubah to the husband, and she can be Makabal Shabbos later on. However, there are those who disagree with that. There are those who disagree, but that is Ramosha's uh, shit. Um, it could have Nathkamin, as obviously it can be beneficial if it's Lel Tzavid or something that gives her a little bit of extra time. So according to Ramosha, it would be beneficial, but others say... Um, they disagree with uh, with uh, with Ramosha on that. But anyway, we come back to our, uh, to our discussion. Generally speaking, you follow your shul. If you don't have a particular shul, you can follow whichever one is latest in town. Um, if there are two minyan in, in that shul, <coughs> so um, Diane Weiss has got a teshuva about it. He says that seemingly it would it would seem that if the first minyan have the majority of the of the congregation, 
then everyone has to follow the first zibur. He does talk about, unless you've got a balabayas there. In other words, there is somebody who's like the balabayas of the shul, the rod, he owns the shul, then if he does in the second minion, it could be you can rely on him to bring in Shabbos a little later if you want to double with the second minion. Um, however, there are those who say if there's two completely separate minyanim every single week, then each minion follows their own thing. It's two separate minyanim. It's like two different shuls, in which case it would be perfectly fine. There are deus, deus about this. Um, what else do, do, we, do we say with, uh, with regard to this? Yeah, if a person comes to shul a little late, he hasn't done mincha, the tzibur have already been makabal Shabbos, then he should not double mincha inside the shul because it doesn't look very good. They're, they're saying Ms. Mershin, he's doubling mincha. If, however, says the Chumma Sadeshin, if a person comes into the shul, they haven't, said, they haven't started Ms. Mershin yet, and um, he comes in, he wants to start mincha, he's allowed to start mincha, even though in the meantime, you know, halfway through mincha, they're going to be saying Ms. Mershin, it's no problem since he starts the Hetzel. Nonetheless, the Mishra Gura says it's better, if you can, you should dump it outside to avoid, to avoid the situation. Um, once a person has been Mekabal Shabbos, if a person has been Mekabal Shabbos, but the Tibur have not been Mekabal Shabbos, then he would be allowed to ask, the, the Mechabal Paskins, a person can ask his friend who's not been Mekabal Shabbos to do Melochah for him, he's allowed to have from that Melochah, Kol Shekin or Mitzoy Shabbos, in other words, if he hasn't yet taken out Shabbos, but it's Mamash, it's Mitzoy Shabbos, the difference being there because he can, at any point, he could just say, Borah Hamad Meikat Shabbat, and it would be Mitzvah Shabbos for him as well. So he can definitely ask somebody who has already taken out Shabbos to do Melochah for him. He can have Anor from it, even though the Lavush is Machmir. Nonetheless, Mishra Gura says the, the Ikadin follows the Akronim Amat, go along with the Shulchan Aruch, and therefore it's perfectly Mutzah. What about if, let's say, Mitzvah Shabbos, I follow Rabbi Natam, can I ask somebody who doesn't follow Rabbi Natam to do Melochah for me? So the post can say like this, if you keep Rabbi Natam, that you hold that is the halacha, then you can't ask somebody else to do malacha for you. Because, as far as you're concerned, funny as it may sound, they are being mechalal Shabbos. You're having halacha from, from, from chilal Shabbos. And that's, we know, if, uh, if there's chilal Shabbos being uh, something um, happened, you can't have halacha from, let's say, the food. However, if you're only doing it the chumrah, if you're only doing it the chumrah, there are those who are a little masubic about it, but there are those who are definite about it, that if you are doing it only the chumrah, since as far as you're concerned, strictly speaking, those who are taking out Shabbos early is perfectly fine. Therefore, you would be allowed to ask them and you would be able to get an amnot from the malachot that they do. Um, yeah. Um, right. In, t- in terms of the Tanai, by the way, as we've mentioned, the Morgan Avram says... A person ideally shouldn't rely on the, on the tonight unless it's been Mekhem al-Dachak. Shalom Zalman feels that Mokhem al-Dachak would include the following situation. Let's say a woman wants to light. She hasn't done the Mincha yet. If she does Mincha, by the time she lights, it's going to be very late. Um, on the other hand, if she lights, she's Mekhem al-Shabbos with lighting, she can't, surely she can't done the Mincha. So what should she do? So Shalom Zalman says in that case, she can make it tonight. That's called the Mokhem al There are others who say that all she should do is she should just, just done Tashlumi. Light candles, be Makabal Shabbos, and then daven two Maribs. There are even deus, I think, who hold that even without a Tanai, you can daven Mincha afterwards. It's not a steer to be Makabal Shabbos and still daven Mincha. You've got different deus about that. Um, then the last little area we spoke about was like this. Um, what happens if a person, um, well, let's, let's put it this way. 
What is the Chiyov of Hadlok HaSaneris? So we said there are two basic Chiyovim of Hadlok HaSaneris. There is the Chiyov of every single individual. Every person's got a Chiyov. And then there is a Chiyov, no, no matter where you are, and then there's like a Chiyov on if you want your house. What, what do I mean by that? Let's say a person, he's married, but he's not at home. But he's got his own room where he's staying. So therefore, mitzad, his house, his family, his wife's lighting for him at home. So he's all right. On the other hand, mitzad, shon and bias, where he is right now, he has to light because he's got his own room where he's going to be sleeping. So he has to light there. But if he doesn't have his own room, then he wouldn't have to light. And he doesn't have to do anything because he doesn't have any problem with mitzad, shon and bias because he doesn't have a room. And mitzad, his, his general field, his wife's lighting for him. <coughs> If, however, you've got somebody who's not married, so therefore he doesn't have anyone lighting for him at home, then if he's got his own room where he's staying, then that's fine. Um, so that's fine, because then he'll have a room, he's got his own room, he'd be, he'd be able to light that out to the shot of lights. But if he doesn't have his own room, so why is he going to light? So what he has to then do is he has to be mishtati b'prota, that means he has to join on to the balabayis, he gets a little bit to a chedek of it, he pays a little bit, or they're machne a little bit to him, and the kitsi is yotze with them, um, he should really be there for the brothers. Some place can hold it's manishly kubba. He has to be there to hear the brothers. So Vidyashi, for example, it's not it's not it's not their kubba at all. Um, that is with regard to um, yeah the mishnah If a person is actually part, he's semich al shulchan that balabayis, then he doesn't have to be mishnah Like a child, a son, obviously he's semich al shulchan he doesn't have to be Mishnati Bipruta. There are those who say that if you're a guest somewhere, your mum is just a guest, even though you're not a guest Kohua, automatically you're Semich Al Shulchan the Balabais, and therefore you wouldn't have to, you wouldn't have to be Mishnati Bipruta. But I don't think that is the, the general thing, and especially if it's women there, women is the accepted thing they always like, for, they always like themselves. Um, now, in terms of if you've got many bala, Balabatim in one, one place, in other words, they're all staying together, and there's no actual, let me put it this way, there's no one balabayas there. So they've all got an equal chiyav to light. So what should they do? The question is, can everyone light with a bracha? Because with inc- by lighting extra lights, we've got what's called tosefes oru. You're, you're adding extra light, which gives an extra serenity to Shabbos. Um, so it's like this. In the Si'ibches, the Mechamba the, um, the brings the Machalikis about this, and the Ramah says... Our minag is that, um, that everyone would be able to light and make the broth for themselves. That's perfectly fine. However, if I think it's Vov, he seems to go along with saying that if you're all staying together, like you've gone to a market and you're all staying in, let's say, a hotel together, you should all be mishtatif together and one person should light everyone else with a broth. So they ask the steerer. So somewhat what they want to say is it depends on whether one's got a wife at home lighting for them. If they've all got wives lighting for them at home, so therefore, the only reason they're really lighting now is because of shon and bias. So therefore, it's not kadai to to uh, to light with a with a with a bracha. And others, everyone to light with their own bracha. If, however, they are all they're all separate numbers, they don't have anyone lighting for them, lighting for them at home. So then already they have to write, light mamash me'ikadim. Therefore, they can all light with with their own bracha. Again, the accepted practice nowadays is that for tosefes oda. Women, at least, most definitely do make a bracha, like the Ramah says, they do make a bracha, and therefore, if, let's say, if you're a guest somewhere, 
you're going out for supper. So some say the best thing to do is light at home, but remember, you can only light at home if you're going to get some hanor from the candles. What does that mean? So if you're, if there's, if there's, um, if there is plenty of other light in the, in the, in the house, so therefore, really, you're only lighting for, uh, it's not shalom by, because I've got electric lights. And if I'm not including the electric lights in my bracha, because let's say they're fluorescent, then the only reason I'm really making a bracha on these candles is because of COVID and Onek Shabbos. Then you have to make sure to eat something by those candles. If I have it it's lit in a place which is dark, so therefore it's because of shalom bias, then it's, it's good enough just to go into that room. It'll act to make sure that you don't stumble over something and that will be good enough. But the main point is you have to make sure that you will get hanor from those candles before they go out after night. Okay? It is actually mashma a little bit that if you're eating by the candles, if you're actually eating by the candles, then it's good enough to get the hanor eating by the candles even before night. But still, ideally, it's best to get the hanor from the candles eating by the candles after night as well. Um, but, so let's say I'm going out to eat, and I'm not going to get back in time. Now, if you've got a sopping where you're going to get back in time, just one little eight says you could turn off all the, the lights, and include the lights, the electric lights, as their filament lights, which get hot, which person can say, at least uh, if you don't have candles, you can definitely rely upon that, like in hotels. So include that in your bracha. And then if you get back and the lights, have, the candles have already gone out, as long as you haven't set the, the filament lights on a, on a time clock which could go out too early, you'd be able to get a hanor from the filament lights, if absolutely necessary. What other people would do is, they would just light where they're going to eat. And the problem is, where you're going to eat, you've got no key about shalom bias. You're not the bala bias, so you've got no thing of shalom bias. So why are you lighting there? The answer is, because of COVID and Onik Shabbos. But the Balabusta there, she's already lighting for that. So what's my heta to light? The answer is, oh, to Sefes Ola. Because the more candles there are, the more Oneg and Kovit Shabbos it gives if you're eating by those, by those candles. Some nonetheless, they advise that a better way of doing it is that the guest should light first. Because then the guest is lighting for the Kovit and Oneg Shabbos because there's no other candles yet at that time. And then the Balabusta, she can light, she can include the candles somewhere else in the, in the house where there'll be Shalom Bias. So therefore, she'll be able to cover it up to make the broth on the Shalom Bias. But strictly speaking, the Minag Yisrael Torah has always been that women will always light for themselves. And we rely on the Shekha which says, for Tosefus Ola, the Minag which the Ramah says, we go with the Minag that for Tosefus Ola, at least for women definitely, they can always make their own broth on the, on the Tosefus Ola. Lastly, but not least, I mean, there are other lots that I'm just trying to cover as many as I can, as I can think of right now. And, and that is, uh, let's say, Yeshiva Bochlin. So Yeshiva Bochlin, there are different shitters. Um, you'll find that most Yeshivas, they, the one person lights for everyone in the, in the uh, let's say, the Cheddar Oichel, in, 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 the, in the dining room. They're not really, they say, they're not so Michal Shulk on the Rosh Yeshiva. So they really, I suppose, have to be Mishnati Bebrutos. So everyone gets a Chilek in the candles, and one person lights for them. There are those who, who, uh, who hold it's better, that, I think the Chazanishah like that, that it's better to light in one's own room, because that's his own private area. What's he going to be lighting for? Shalom Bites. The only problem is, if the light filters into the room from the corridor, and therefore you've got no problem with Shalom Bites anyway, some say that you can't make the broth on the candles, because for Tosefes Ola, Tosefes Ola only works if it's Tosefes Ola for eating there, not Tosefes Ola for Shalom Bites. So some say if there's enough light there already to stop you tripping up, it's already, it's no good. Others say, no, a little bit of extra light makes the Shalom Bayez better then. Um, if a person wants to be 
sort of extra, cut himself sort of extra careful, what he could do is he could go down to the room and eat something in the room. Because then it becomes COVID and Omic Shabbos as well, and then he can definitely light in his, in, uh, in his room, especially because then you may have the Shon and Bias aspect, you've got the COVID, you've got the Omic Shabbos, you've got everything there. But obviously if there's any, if the yeshiva, the Anhola of the yeshiva are worried about the, the Sakona in it, obviously as the person can say, there's no Khumra in doing that in lighting your room, you've got no justification, you've got no right to do that. Um, in terms of, in terms of um, if the yeshiva bottom live at home, then in certain situations, we talked about this a little bit in the shir, in certain situations, let's say they're eating in the yeshiva, but they're going to be sleeping at home, it could be their yotze anyway. In fact, in that case, they would be yotze anyway with their parents lighting at home. So too, vice versa. Some say if they're going to be eating at home and they're sleeping in the yeshiva, there's different situations we spoke about in the shir. That more or less covers it. There are probably a few other inevitably I've missed out. Uh, go back to the original share for more information.